Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Tech Byte with Mark Strauss. And now, Mark Strauss. It's so damn good, we got to bring him back twice. Good morning there, Mr. Strauss. Hello? He hung up again? Yeah, real genius. You need an IT guy. (laughs) (laughs) I can come take a look at it if you want. Good morning. Good morning, Mark. How are you guys? I am so sorry about that. I got one hour late. Ah, You know what? Uh, Sleep in. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Well, good morning. How is everybody? We're good. I hope you got your mind up and running because we got to talk tech now, you know. I know. <laughs> I was working snooze. Now I got to talk tech. Yeah. You got me at a disadvantage this morning. No. Anyway. Listen, we appreciate any time we get with you. Yesterday's conversation was fascinating about Bitcoin uh, and cryptocurrency. Um, do, do you want to continue from here or do you want to hear some questions? What would you like to do? Well, okay, I think what I would love is we could start with some questions and then we can float back into uh, okay. some of the su- topic. I have so much to offer on this topic. I, I know it's you. It's so relevant. So question, we, we had talked yesterday, you had mentioned the fact that um, at some point it's going to cost, you know, we had said like the the first Bitcoins that were mined, the algorithm or, or right, that they, they came together was smaller, and it kept getting longer and longer and longer and harder, harder to mine these things, correct? Correct. Okay. And you said, well, there's a point, you know, when I had asked, because I had always thought there was a finite number of Bitcoins that could ever be made. And you said that it gets to a point where the cost of mining them is not feasibly worth the cost of, of the Bitcoin. But... Technically, in the way it is designed today, that oh. is the full potential of the system. Okay. Because I explained to you, it's also not green because it takes more and more energy to create each Bitcoin. Right. I, I got that point. But if, if I'm not mistaken, with since it's not truly backed by anything, to put a value on a Bitcoin, there's like, for instance, now it's at $37,000. So... Let's just say the, the, the whole world buys in on this stuff. And then, like a fiat currency is, is backed by the, the, the faith in that country. If everybody starts buying in on the Bitcoin, there's no reason these things can't be worth 100000 or a $1 million each. So at some point, maybe you can't. It does make sense to keep doing it. Does that make sense? Yes, because when you say it's a finite amount of Bitcoins, over time, bitcoins would be harder and harder to generate, even by the huge mining conglomerates with thousands of servers online doing it. At that point, the value does become more and more value. One more thing that's important, fiat money, mm-hmm. which is, of course, money by decree, yeah. is actually money built on faith of the government. Right. But the truth is, cryptocurrencies in faith in the network, the concept that you've networked a whole bunch of miners together, and each miner has an individual ledger, unlike a bank. So the power and the belief is basically that you have a transparent ledger that is on everyone's machine, and therefore, many people say that cryptocurrency is really a fiat currency from the point 
that it's on the decree of the people, not the decree of the government. Right. Uh, but, it's actually the people's but it could, money. But the difference is it could be all of us. It could be a world, a global, well, it is. Uh, uh, well, it is. Yeah. So, But I'm saying if we all buy in and we're all in on this thing, then that, that's, that's pretty good faith-based, right? If we Absolutely. all have faith in this. I believe it's the same faith-based system that we have right now. What is the difference between the government and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people mining? It's the same thing. Well, I trust each the people more. creating a value, <laughs> and each government creates value. I don't see any difference. Okay. Uh, it's, it's crazy. All right, do you guys have any questions uh, off the top of your head for Mark? Mm. Not off the top of my head. No. <clears throat> but I'm sure your listeners probably do. So why don't we talk about Bitcoin from this perspective? Because you were talking about its mining. And a lot of people don't understand what we're talking about mining. So think of it this way. Bitcoin is created by using an algorithm. And the algorithm, every time a Bitcoin is created, gets increasingly more difficult. So just think of it as... Oh, it's not just like adding difficult. one thing to the same thing, right? It's, it's a whole you know, different... Exactly. And then you have to try to re-unencrypt re that. Right. And to create a hash, mm -hmm. a hash is actually a piece of code that fits very nicely into this puzzle. So think of it as, like I said, a fractal, a never-ending fractal. Right. So what is amazing about the mining is um, the reward for the miner is only achieved if they create a Bitcoin. They can't create a fraction of the Bitcoin. The actual only way you get rewarded mining is the full creation of the hash. That is why there is another aspect to Bitcoin that's very interesting, is that the end user ultimately, and I think this is super important, the end user who gets a Bitcoin really has achieved a huge achievement because not only have they put together a farm that today probably has hundreds of servers in it, but two, they're competing globally to create this Bitcoin. So if you think about it, every farm is trying to create the newest hash. But one farm will succeed. As soon as that's happened, the hash will change again. And what occurs for that farm is they now have an ever-increasing uh, Bitcoin to create, but everyone else might be working on their hashes. So when you think about this globally, it is such a democratic system because everyone has the same chance to create a Bitcoin, and at the end of the day, that it's going to take more and more people joining together, like farming, where farms uh, join together to actually bring down the cost of food. Who has, so the, ahead, who has the answer? Yeah. You know, here's an algorithm we got to put together, but in order to go, ba -bam, I got the answer, or I got the algorithm, who knows that? Like, how is that determined? Okay, I was going to get to that. Oh. So then you've got the blockchain, which is the ledger, what we've talked about. Mm -hmm. The ledger contains also, in that coding, the next sequence. Because the ledger, once it's solved, automatically um, rolls over onto a new problem for those miners to solve. So upon completion of Bitcoin, the algorithm resets and says, now you have to solve this new problem. 
And that's how you make a Bitcoin. And everyone's doing this all over the world. And so if you can imagine, each, each miner is working on their problem. If they solve it and they get a Bitcoin out of it, great. But do you know how many people don't succeed today? Thousands. So when you're asking about the fiat or the by decree aspect of Bitcoin, it really is hard. So to me, that's the faith in the currency because you can't just set up and go. You literally today need to really have infrastructure and do it. So in some ways, you're building the banking system that, every, that Bitcoiners want to get away from. The miners do have to get together to actually create these things. That's why the value of a Bitcoin is at 40000 because really the value is the amount of mining that's occurring. So if you think about it, isn't it kind of like the gold standard? Because under the gold standard, you had gold, and then gold equaled some money. Today, you have miners creating value by creating something that increasingly is harder to create, like a diamond. You create it, and then you put it out in the market. The value of a diamond is really how hard it is to make it. And the value of cryptocurrency is how hard it is to make it. So the, the other, the other, uh, the Bitcoiner window is Bitcoin, but there's like four or five other big ones out there. Are they all gonna, at some point where they, do they plateau? Like, is it so, I'm trying to get what, like, you fear. Well, what, well, no, that's interesting. I, I, I chose Bitcoin because they really were the first to go mainstream. Okay. Uh, you got Libra and you've got a whole bunch of others that I don't even Ethereum know. Ethereum is a big yeah, one. That's, that, that's one of the big ones. Yes. And Stella Luna. All of them use similar technologies with the open ledger. All of them use that, except for the one thing about the Facebook currency, which is very different, is Facebook, in some ways, you know, says they're going to have this open currency, but we have yet to see how they're going to actually manifest it because it's actually based by Facebook, which is very, very interesting. So um, I believe. Facebook being a part of a currency actually centralizes the currency, which is exactly what you don't want because it's like having another bank in the mix. So to me, if you're going to the essence of Bitcoin, it is the essence of freedom and it's the essence of being away from banks and there is no middleman. Um, currencies that have been introduced like Facebook, that's to prop Facebook up. We've discussed this in um, previous episodes when we talked about Facebook needs to create products now to stay relevant because they're running out of audience. So when you see it from that perspective, you realize it's kind of dangerous in some ways that Facebook wants to get involved in banking because it also means they want to achieve something from it. So my question is, and I don't know the answer to this, is what will Facebook get from the currency in addition to users using it? And that will be data. Information. But what I don't yeah. know is how they will use it. Okay. So will, I, you, yeah. will you start using these, like, like, like kind of, I want to say, playing the stock market, but as I'm looking at these different things here, like XRP is a, is a cryptocurrency, hmm. up 49% in the last seven days. Is it going to be like, can you, are people going to be short selling and stuff like that and this stuff at some point? They already do. They already do. I mean, okay. it's, it's yeah. already an open yeah. marketplace. Oh, yeah. I didn't People know that. People are betting against different oh, cryptocurrencies. I, and remember what I told you. The beginning of the currency is the time to get in because it's easier to mine. Right. So all the new startups, uh, what people are banking on is they will go up. Uh, and if you think about it, it it's a pretty good bet but if then, you've got a little bit disposable cash because 
some of them will jump tremendously, and others will stay um, completely flat. That, then and, I have a question and, for you, Mark. Go ahead. Why did Bitcoin go down? You know, it's it, the volatility, and I'm looking at it from a business standpoint. If if I owned a business, I do. I have a business, okay, and my customers want to start paying me in Bitcoin. Now, all of a sudden, I'm adding a risk to it because when I bought my product, I paid X amount of dollars dollars for it. Now you're asking me to ex- do an exchange. All right, here's you can buy the product from me using Bitcoin. Now I have that in the bank, and the volatility of this would scare the crap out of me, put me out of business. I totally agree with you, Bulldog, and that is why today it is a fringe currency. All of them are. They're trying to say they're mainstream, but the volatility makes it impossible. Could you imagine if we brought some of our video board product on Bitcoin and Bitcoin then took one of its swings? Right. Even if it deviated 2%, that would be devastating to our sale. I, what if it's with I, used to do, I used to do this all the time. I used to get paid in guilders. I would exchange it into dollars, and then I would have to get francs to pay my rent. So I used to I used to have to play this exact game. Sometimes my rent was never the same in, in ever. I, it was exchange this, let's have the intellectual discussion about Bitcoin then that you're really seeking, which yeah. is this: as long as governments don't like it, and as long as central governments exist in their present form, and as long as there is no legislation to merge um, whatever the concerns of the government are with Bitcoin and other currencies. These currencies are going to be traded uh, just like stocks, and their volatility will be based on public whim. And the value of a Bitcoin is really because Bitcoins are put into an exchange, and it's the trading of them on an exchange. So isn't it interesting? Today, Bitcoin is really like a stock. Yeah. It's really about who owns what, and the volatility switches. And there's a lot of more complex algorithms that are going on. But Bitcoin's value is also how much of it's being traded and, um, and who's taking a position in it. And then you have the Wall Street, same manipulations that went into Robin Hood and the idea that it's very convenient for people to actually um, use Bitcoin as a tool to make a quick buck on the, the gambling market of like the stock exchange. And so as long as the currency can be manipulated that way, because it is not being taken seriously by the real powers, and it's not being stabilized by everyone believing in it, it's going today to be a uh, casino-type currency. You are gambling if you are using Bitcoin. And I would never trust Bitcoin on purchases because the volatility today would put people out of business. Okay, but, you know, from a consumer standpoint, if I bought Bitcoin at, you know, uh, $1,000, and now it's up to... $37,000, $37,000, I can go out and buy something. I'm, I'm a winner, right? You are Big a total winner. winner. Okay. But the merchant the, who, accept, a, who accepts Bitcoin exactly. is accepting volatility. Yeah, that's a big number to accept, man. That would it, could, be it could swing the other way, too. Uh, sure, it could. Yeah, it could. You know, the Steelers could get back in the yeah. Super Bowl, but I'm just saying it's it's not so likely. It, 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 I'm looking at one out here. Yeah. It's, it, it's XRT, I think it is. But they're saying, Mark, what is Ripple? Is it a technology or is that another f- cryptocurrency? That's a cheap booze. No, no, <laughs> I don't know very much okay. about that one. I just know about its name. There's a bunch and of them. Yeah. And some well, of my research is another one of the currencies. I think right now there's over 15 of them, which, you know, and 
most of them are doing poorly. It's a payment protocol. It's a technology. I'm, I'm all so, in. My, my lock of the week is XRP. No, it's not lock. Don't lock of the week on that one. <laughs> Cryptocurrency lock of the week. I can see you doing that. You know, someone's <laughs> someone's going to do it. You I'll know? throw a stuffed animal to TV. We'll be great. The most no. important thing about Bitcoin is the end user, that user who has a Bitcoin, has an anonymous piece of transactable money. And the beauty of Bitcoin is the individual does not have that is not declared to a government. It's not declared to the IRS. Okay. Bitcoin can be held in anonymity. That is amazing. Okay. That is there, something we've there, never had before. There goes my next uh, one of my questions. All right. April 15th, tax time comes around. Okay. It's, it's anonymous. What happens with that? Well, that that is really a, you now have an ethical question: Is will you declare your Bitcoin? Oh, and a hundred percent, I will not. I will tell you right now. If it's anonymous, but, hell no. No, but well, I'm just saying. What is you? You had talked about the government needs to get. They need to get involved because if they, I mean, listen, oh, I don't God. want them to get involved. But I'm just saying, right now, what would happen with that if we all switched over? Hey, somebody's making, someone's losing, but we don't know who. I, I'm not following my, you know. Well, you know, the yeah. government does not allow you to pay your IRS debt with Bitcoin yet, and they, um, and they shouldn't. And, yeah, exactly. Or and maybe, or maybe, maybe Mark, maybe they should think about it. It's the only way we're going to possibly get out of debt is if they <laughs> if they allow us to pay with Bitcoin and they catch a rally, and then you <laughs> you know then we would be out of debt because other than that, you know, a weird thing talking about debt and numbers. You know, I just saw that Biden came up with this one point nine trillion dollar. Uh, a stimulus plan, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when you hear that number, don't forget the the point nine. That's nine hundred billion. You know, oh, it's not one point nine trillion. So that's nine hundred nine hundred billion. Don't I get a cut? Yeah, I, so just, what are you worried about? Nah, that well, well, that is <laughs> what I see the problem with this, and another total different discussion. Well, it's it's kind of like rich guy welfare is that, what it is. Yeah. Uh, okay, but there is one thing about cryptocurrency you can't do which is very, very interesting, is our current currency, the fiat country, the fiat currency we currently use, we keep devaluing it by going back to the piggy bank and printing money. Absolutely. We did it in 2008, and then during COVID, we've done it massively. Yep. So 2008, we thought $870 billion was a lot. And in COVID, we go to trillions. Right. The problem with that for any... Um, any listener who does not understand is when you print money in mass, you create inflation and inflation is because you are putting more money into the system. The money is worthless. So the goods you're buying becomes more expensive because the money has less of value. So in Venezuela, they started measuring money because the money had been so diluted by their federal reserve that ultimately they would have to put like, millions and millions of their money onto a scale just to buy a loaf of bread. Yeah, you'd, you'd show up with a wheelbarrow full of money to go buy bread. Right. Yeah. So today, America has diluted its currency significantly. And this will create inflation. That is why things that you used to buy 20 years ago used to be about 30 to 35% less. It is not that those items really went up in value 
It's that the money went down in value. And most people don't understand that. The beauty of cryptocurrency is, is that in its purest form, it will not, you can't devalue something you can't just create. And the beauty is it will force people to use the money supply that exists, which will be the amount of Bitcoins that are physically possible to have, as opposed to an unlimited supply of money we can just generate. So a lot of people think that's a really good idea because that kind of puts governments back onto a budget. If you can't create the Bitcoin, you can't have it. So I hope that, that, that everyone can appreciate that is a very different set of rules for both currencies. The, is, the present fiat currency yeah. and the future possible Bitcoin currency. But remember I told you that um, there is there's one more side to this um, that I think is, you know, that has to be discussed is Bitcoin also goes into a very dark place in America. I want to ask and you that dark place is something we need to discuss because as soon as you created an anonymous currency, now you have a way to buy guns, to buy drugs, to buy illegal products in these exchanges on the dark web, and they all accept Bitcoin. Now you have my attention. They know no one can, tra can track them by using it. Okay. I, I was going to ask you about that, this, this dark web thing. You know, is it, it didn't take very long for I have this good cryptocurrency. Just, everything goes to a bad place. It's like, man, they, they, they get in a hurry. Now, a guy like me, I don't even know where the dark web is. Do you know where it is, Mark? You don't have to share that information exactly, but where is it? Well, yeah, actually, I do. Um, and... Um, I basically, when I started in computers, my engineer, his name was Jason Norris, was really a hacker at heart, and he loved to create um, these very long demos on floppy disks. And if anyone knows, a floppy disk has less than one meg on it. And he would create a, a demo that would last almost an hour playing music and doing funky graphics right from a floppy disk, which is really hard to do. And essentially, Jason taught me a lot of coding tricks. And the one thing we used to do is go and hang out and take a look at the dark web in its early days, all the way up to Tor. Tor is a right. web browser that allows you to go in the dark web and it actually is anonymous and you can't, and government and ISPs, the people who provide your internet, can't track you. Wait, so if, if I were Tor, to go to it, you can go to the if, dark web. If I went to it right now, I can get into the dark web and I'm in it? Yes, if you went to Tor right now, you do that. And then when you go to Tor, mm -hmm. and I have to look up my Tor? notes because it changes Tor. all the time, but you actually go to directories in Tor, like Google, mm -hmm. to look up the store names that you want to go to. Remember, the dark web is, this is very interesting, and I want to explain this to the end users. There's no mysterious area called the dark web. The, the World Wide Web is actually all the same thing, and the dark web is the World Wide Web. The only difference is, on the dark web, sites are not posting their URLs to be searched. So the only way to find these sites is to know they exist, and you have to go directly to them. So you use an anonymous browser, and then you have to find listings of where these sites are that are changing all the time. And the sites also change where they are all the time. All right. And you have to directly plug in the correct address 
for that site, and that's the dark web. Mark, wow. I, 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 we, Go we have to run quickly with an interview, another interview, but I have a quick question for you. Why can't we, like, you know, we've talked about Facebook and Twitter and all these things being able to shut people down. Why can't they have right. a, a, a social media platform on the dark web that would constantly change and nobody would have the ability to shut it down? Well, Bulldog, good question. And I would say to you, that's the problem with Bitcoin and fiat currency right now is I believe we need something more like Bitcoin for the future. But remember, I said I had my doubts when I started this whole broadcast yesterday. I said, I'm in the middle because you can't transact with Bitcoin as a businessman right now. Right. Even if you put it on Visa cards, and that means in the approach, a Visa card has your Bitcoins on, it's still volatile because it's still the, new, the stock exchange that day could have Bitcoin at a different value. Sure. So when you look at this, Right now, this is just a savings tool or a tool for you to gamble on. For it to become a mainstream currency and for real vendors to operate, it means that they will have to be monitoring the exchange every single day, and your transaction will only have worth that moment. Now, that will be a much harder set of infrastructure to set up because it will have to be set up to everyone's, it will have to be set up to everyone's phone. Uh, mobile system. The idea is that everyone will have to be a part of, um, because if everyone's mining Bitcoin, everyone yeah. will have to be part of a form of security to make sure, A, everyone is in the game, yeah. but B, the game doesn't get rigged. Because yeah, wait, that's, that's a whole other conversation. You rig the game. Got it. Mark, Mar- we got to run, but I, I would part love three. to continue. Part three of this conversation tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Oh, no, I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you next week, Mark. Mark Strauss, yeah. I'll talk to you. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Right. Bye-bye. Right. Bye.